Are you tired of spinning your wheels with ineffective marketing strategies? Do you dream of finding a way to grow your business while also giving back to your community? Well, have you thought about charitable auctions? Maybe you've tried them in the past and you feel stuck because you're tired of donating to auctions that haven't gone that well. Either the winners never bothered to redeem their gift certificates or the ones who did were so price sensitive that you wished you'd never heard from them in the first place. Or maybe you've wanted to try auction marketing, but you don't know where to start and the thought of a bunch of trial and error makes you want to lay down and take a nap. Well, we've just launched our brand new course, Rework Your Marketing with Charitable Auctions. In this course, you'll gain access to a comprehensive course that has been meticulously crafted over 18 years of our own trial and error in our portrait studio in the trenches of charitable auctions. In this course, we dive deep into the world of charitable auction marketing and uncovering the secrets to our success with this. From setting clear goals to identifying the best charities for your business, we'll show you how to navigate this powerful marketing strategy with confidence. But that's not all. You're also going to receive a treasure trove of exclusive resources, including customizable templates, vendor recommendations, and tracking spreadsheets. Picture this. You donate a portrait session to a local charity auction. Not only does your donation attract the attention of your ideal clients, but it also helps support a cause that you're passionate about. And with the tools and insights provided by this course, you'll be able to turn those auction winners into lifelong clients. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, now is the time to rework your marketing strategy with charitable auctions. Visit our website today, dotherework.com forward slash auctions, and take the first step toward transforming your business and making a difference in your community. Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. Today's guest is my friend, Jeff Dachowski, who is a portrait photographer in New Hampshire. And he also happens to be the current president of Professional Photographers of America. And I snuck some time with him in between his many trips that he's making this year. And we talked about success and mainly about believing that success can be possible for you. I know that we're in crazy times right now. It feels like the world is out of control. And sometimes it can feel like success is just not in the cards for you. 
but it is in the cards for you. And that is why I do this podcast every week. And that is why I have you in my mind and my heart, because I want you to know that success is possible for you. And Jeff has spent the last year traveling all over the country and parts of the world, talking to photographers and listening to their struggles and listening to their successes. And so we're putting our heads together. And this is kind of a shot of encouragement for you to build you up as we go into the busy portrait season to inspire and motivate you that success is possible for you. Let's do it. Okay, so Jeff Duchowski, also known as El Presidente of Professional Photographers of America, also Jefe, what else? Your your greatness. <laughs> yes, excuse me, eminence, whatever you want to go your with. Your eminence. I'm totally yes. flexible. No, right. Uh, Jeff is probably the best one there, right okay. there. Okay, I love it. All right. Well, I know that this is your presidential year and you are traveling like a crazy person and you're super busy. So we are going to get down to it. Let's do it. And I love it. So tell me what the state of the industry is. What's it looking like out there? Well, it's a funny couple of days because uh, you you probably know that PPA just launched a pretty substantial change to their photographic evaluation process. And that has the photographic world up in arms. And yesterday, WPPI announced that they are not having a competition. And so all my friends who are evaluation and competition minded are just a buzz. Their nerve endings on fire. They've made the assumption that PPA is buying the BPPI or that we're going to combine the competitions. I can say clearly and unequivocally that's neither are the case. It's just a strange timing issue. We're not in WPPI's business and WPPI is not in PPA's business. It's just weird the way it's worked out timing wise. So you're talking about print competition for those who... The uninitiated, you're talking about competition. Okay. In my world, the industry is like going nuts because all my friends are going nuts. And I mean, not in a bad way. They're just like, oh my God, this is like a game changer. It's like when they changed copyright law and people are like, oh, all the lawyers are probably all like, can you believe what happened? Yeah. (laughs) One thing, you know, like that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Whoever's doing print competition is a buzz at the moment. And so, and which I think is is good because as you know, I'm a big fan of evaluation and, and having other people look at your work and how you get better at your work. And yeah. it's a way to get accolades for you. But most importantly, it's a way for you to say, see, mom, I am good at what I do. And that's yeah. actually in the state of our industry, that's, that's one of my biggest problems is that people don't believe in themselves. That's one of the biggest problems when you wrap it all up. Some people need that validation via evaluation result, and right. some people are born with it. Sorry, that's a client calling, but my wife will grab it. But um, <laughs> just ignore those clients. We're talking. Who needs clients? I Who needs clients anyway? We want to talk about print competition, which actually that's a metaphor for some life, right there. Is what that is. So all in all, I mean that's what's going on. The industry, I think, is doing well. I mean, yep. we always are. We're going to struggle the rest for the rest of time, right? Because yes, and we've talked about this privately, but you know, we have a low barrier of entry, and a lot of people. Then you factor in other things like AI art, AI retouching, all these things that are all. We're always going to have some sort of struggle, mm-hmm. but like I think we talked about last time, it's really all about the fact that no one can get that art from anywhere else but you, right? Right. Like so, in the end, I think that the people who are doing what they want to do and are being authentic to themselves and all that sort of packaged belief in you, the industry will probably be okay for them. 
there's a lot of people out there, and, and I mean this in the sweetest possible way, that are looking at photography for the first time as a way of self-expression and maybe they can make a living at it. And that's going to be hard for them initially, yeah. right? Because they don't believe in themselves yet. Yeah, I think it's hard. Any business is hard initially just because you're trying to figure out, you know, what it is and how to make money. Okay, so when we talked last, we kind of talked about some of the problems that people run into when they're trying to talk to clients and we, but we turn quickly to solutions Uh, because that is who you and I are. In a conversation, that's impossible. Problem (laughs) solvers. You and I are problem solvers and we want positive because we could sit and bemoan. There's a lot of things going on in this world that could possibly be negative. You know, I've heard from many of my students, they're concerned about like, oh my gosh, there's inflation and people are worried about the economy. And, you know, there's just, and all of those things are real things. But I think what you just struck on was really important. And that is that if you, in any industry, no matter what it is that you do, that if there is a level of self-belief, and that doesn't mean that you think that you're the best thing since sliced bread. It just means that, you know what, I can figure this out. It has been done before and it is possible for me and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And so that's what I would love to talk about today is maybe either some of your experiences and or what you see out there as you travel through the industry. You come into contact with so many photographers at so many differing levels of experience and how long they've been in business. But we know that this is possible. Like you're all in, all like in. this, th- this is how you support your family. This is how we support our family. And I just believe, especially when you're new or struggling, you need to look and see like, this actually is possible for me. And you're not a unicorn and neither am I. We're just like normal people. True story. We are. Well, actually we're not normal, but we're abnormal, not in the good way. <laughs> Like, not in the genius way, just in like kind genius. of weird, normal people. Yeah. yeah, weird weirdos. I will start off by saying to everyone listening, here's something really cool is that we have ATJ and I have no idea what we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> that <laughs> is not true. Well, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. So this is what I love. This is, if, if this is a good podcast, it is solely on the strength of how awesome an interviewer ATJ is. If there's <laughs> any wisdom at all, it's because she's good at pulling it up. Okay. No so that's pressure. Like, just wanted to say that at the beginning. Yeah, no pressure. Thanks. But hi, Cindy. I gotta, I'm going to take my focus pill right now. My focus. <laughs> this is like, this little capsule is full of focus ginger or something. Okay, go ahead. Cool. Keep talking. Well, I'm excited to be here. And, um, and you know, we just talked about the industry. I look around. I see a lot of folks who are refining their marketing. And one of the things I've been ta- speaking of this year traveling as PBA president has been about sales. Because from my old days at the Hallmark Institute of Photography, they used to say nothing happens till the sale is made, right? And so beneficially to me, or maybe detrimentally, I've always focused on, well, I don't really care that I sell that. Very rarely am I one of these photographers who talks about concept art and trying to create a new idea. And I'm all in it to make a living and provide for my family. Now, I happen to love what I do. You happen to be really good at it. You're kind, thank you, but I am all in it in how do I make money, which has caused me a whole bunch of adages to be in my life. Like we don't retouch images, don't get purchased because there's no profit in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, me saying things like people don't buy portraits unless someone they love is in them, right? Like that's a typical Jeff statement. Like no one's buying my family portraits unless someone they love is in them. So let's yeah. cut the, you know, awards are great, but let's cut the reality that my stuff isn't that good. I'm holding people hostage, really, because I'm like, I'm kidding. But I mean, like, this is how you get portraits of people you love. You got to buy them for yeah. me. Okay, that's the end of that. Like, 
now that we've accepted that. But I think the industry is not going gangbusters, but gosh, the people out there who are out there talking to people and doing things with people and doing artist projects and are out in the face and they look like they're working are working. You know, people yeah. like to do business with people they think are successful. They don't really want to work with people who bemoan and complain about the industry the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm here to tell you from ATJ started this recording really quick. So we haven't talked a bit about this, but I mean, there's a lot of work out there. And if not you, then who? And why not you? Like, why can't it right. be you? Why can't it be your success? Why can't you develop a style that you want to do and then spread your demographic wide enough that you can do what you want? Right. Well, and especially because I feel like so many portrait photographers are solopreneurs, like they are the only photographer that's working for themselves. And I think when you realize that, like, you can't shoot your entire town, you can't even shoot probably your entire neighborhood in a year. So there's only so many sessions you can do in a year, unless you decide that you're going to go volume and hire a bunch of photographers. But most photographers that we know are not doing that. They're solopreneurs. So I was struck by that early in my business and I realized, okay, I don't actually want more clients. Like I don't want more sessions per year. I just want each one to be better. And you can turn that around and be sarcastic, like what you were just saying before, like, oh yeah, we just like it to make us more money, but that doesn't exist in a vacuum. We can't just say, okay, fine. I'm going to just do one session a year for a million dollars or whatever. Although wouldn't that be awesome? But I'm I'm also all in for that. Yeah. Anybody that is listening to this that has that job, just call me first. And if I can't find them unavailable, I'll send you to Jeff. But that's not really realistic. But what is realistic is figuring out a way to believe the value of your service and how we can make it more valuable and then charge appropriately and receive that and then go to that level of service. And I think you and I have both done that. Like we started shooting everything. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, blah, blah, blah. Everything that anybody would pay us to cut, show up with with a camera. And then refined and said, okay, I can't, if I'm shooting everything, there's only so many hours in the day. Right. So it's refining it down a little bit. Now, not everybody refines in their own way. Not everybody has to go to the high end or whatever. But how did you and Carol do that? Like, Because I know that you and I had a conversation a few years ago about quitting your wedding nonsense. Yeah, I mean, so... It took you a while to listen to me. <laughs> Well, like anything else, good ideas take a while to ferment, right? Like that's the yes. sort of thing. And I think it was Tim who, Tim Walden who always says, hey, you know, some of my best ideas are on the table. Like I've never, I'm, I, they're not on my walls or on the table and that's okay. Like sometimes things don't work out or I don't even want them to work out. They're just good ideas. I remember we had a conversation about how much, how exhausting it was to us to photograph weddings. You know, physically exhausting. We didn't mind the work. We enjoyed the people. We enjoyed making images. I even enjoyed the challenge, really, of making great or good image, saleable images under really tough situations. Yeah. There is that sense of pride that happens when a, yeah. a photographer can make, doesn't have to like look at the venue in advance. They just show up and go, it'll, it'll work out. It'll be fine. I'll make something good to work here. You know, cool, right. cool, cool, cool. But it was exhausting us. And I remember this is a conversation I had with you at least five years ago, and it took us several years to gain the confidence that I would replace that work with something else. I mean, in our conversation, I said, great, where am I going to make up that 80 grand? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think it was almost word for word what our conversation was or whatever the number was at the time. And you said, well, that's a great question, Jeff. You're going to have to find out where you're going to make up that 80 grand. And so ultimately we, we chose in 2020 
actually just, yeah, right at the beginning of 2020, we were going to shoot weddings. It was in your studio, in fact, when we had our meeting in Mesa that we said, we're not going to do it. And of course, we booked no more weddings for 2020. And guess what happened, Allison? <laughs> It was your fault. Now we know. Yeah, now the truth fault. comes out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the truth, yep. You heard How it the New York Times. Yep. Oh my God. It was my Death fault. Shooting weddings and the pandemic happened. Yeah, that's that's my How fault. How dare you? Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and so we actually stopped shooting weddings. We had two weddings that year in 2020 that were booked. We magically somehow photographed both our weddings on the dates they were originally booked. I don't that's even know how that happened. And then we just said, okay, we've got no more booked and we're not going to photograph anymore. It does not mean that we won't photograph another wedding in our life. There may be a situation that makes marketing sense or some sort of financial sure. sense. But we're not marketing them. We have no one that we have got none of the books. We haven't shot one in a couple of years. And we're okay, okay with that. Okay. So this is important because I know that so many of our listeners might be doing like volume sports or weddings, you know, or events, and they're wanting to swap over to portraits. And I think it's a big, and I think what this process that you just described is so valuable because how long, two years, like probably about two years to make that decision. So it does take a while. It's not something that's overnight and you do kind of have to noodle through like how we're going to replace that income, but it's putting your head there and believing that it's possible that Jeff and Carol Dachowski could never shoot a wedding again, and still have a thriving business. And when you first hear something like that, you think there's no way I can't do that, right? And there are a lot of those things. If I raise my prices, I'll lose all my clients. Or if I quit doing volume sports, everybody will hate me and go away and I'll never work again or whatever. We have all of these irrational fears. And so it's putting your head there. And I think that's a great example of putting your head there and then moving forward, even though you don't really know how it's going to work out. Yeah, and having know, it be successful. Carol, you might have heard her say this at any one of our times we've been together, that Carol's coined the phrase in my in my life. I'm sure someone else coined this phrase. So I'm not trying to attribute this to her. I just mean in my life. Carol said, you know, you were the author of your own business. And so, like, if you're going to write your ending or your beginning or your middle or any of that sort of thing, who's going to write it for you? It might as well be you. You need yeah. to make a decision. And so for me, if I'm being totally honest, I, I was guessing, I was thinking I didn't really want to stop shooting weddings because I liked the income I was making from it. And I liked the personal connections that was I was getting from other referrals and all the things that go with that. But in reality, the we part of our story was that it was exhausting on both of us. Right. And we could replace the income with something else. That was a lot less physical effort and a lot less or a lot lower effort as far as uh, just cost of goods. I mean, for me, if I photograph a family portrait on a Saturday, I made more than I did shooting a wedding in which I was gone for it's at least 40 hours of work. Right. And that's 40, 40 hours away from your daughters. Yeah, and it's every yeah. week. It's the weekends. It's you're giving up. Yeah. And so being there for your kids. That took a long time for us to like. Exactly what you said, you know, when people say, well, I don't want to raise my prices or I'm afraid. Sadly enough, I think our industry, our collective community has the monopoly on fear. I mean, we are afraid of everything. And I mean this like in a positive reinforcing way. It's like, because we're, we're artists, we're fragile little yeah, flowers yeah. and there's we, we're, we're very sensitive. We are very sensitive, but we would do this for free, honestly, if yeah. there was, in fact, many do. Many yeah. photographers do it for free. Collectively, they, in fact, many photographers pay their clients to be their clients. If you're right. actually shooting a mini session 
and you're delivering 24 images for $50, you're actually taking money out of your own pocket yeah. to pay your clients to be. So they are doing it worse than free their paying. But in reality, I guess what I'm getting at is that you have to make that plan and then believe you can do it. I joke about this all the time. And we when forgive me, I think we've talked about this, maybe not on the podcast, but when we created our parts explosion, is what I call it, the looking at the year in of sales. And Carol would say to me, All right, we need to put this number down, ten thousand dollars in a portrait sale. And I would say, That's crazy. I'll never do a ten thousand dollar portrait sale. And she's like, You can do it. And I'm like, I don't think I can. I just yeah. didn't think it was possible. And by writing it down and then making it part of what I had to achieve that year, it was nearly magical. In a few weeks of time, I had sold three $10,000 portrait sales when three weeks earlier, I was at, it can't happen. Yeah. Right. Like, so I tricked myself or Carol tricked me or whoever. Yeah. I tricked myself into making a goal. That's why I say, write your goals down, tell them to someone to make them accountable. And right. It's really- well, and for, for those of us who don't have a Carol, because- <laughs> You have an Ivan. I have a Carol. I do have an Ivan. That's true. But how did you replace that $80,000? Well, I think uh, we initially took a dip. But one thing we did was we just, first thing we did, the fastest way to replace income is to raise your prices. <laughs> you know, it sounds so crazy, right? Like, you know, it's like when people talk to me about that their cost of goods sold, for instance, are wrong, right? Like they'll say, oh, it's at 50%. And their immediate response is to find a lab to do it for a nickel cheaper. And that's going to make it 49.5%, right? right. Like that's a pretty slow way looking for a new lab to shave a nickel or 25 cents off an 8 by 10 The much quicker way is to just add $10 to your 8 by 10 That's the, the That way goes straight to the bottom line. That yeah. goes straight to the actual percentage, where the other one is just taking it off a tiny little percentage. So we, we looked at our session fees, and we said, we've got to make this money up somehow, so we raised our print prices and we raised our session fees and we got barrels of complaints about our sales, about our price increase. Did okay, you? I'm totally kidding. Oh, every I'm like, time, that's so weird. Okay, So nobody time, even noticed. I talk about fear. I'm so obsessed with when I raised my prices, or I used to be, that I was going to have people on Facebook and there would be pitchforks <laughs> and fire. People in front of the studio. You raised your prices four and a half percent, and now you're taking money out of my mortgage. Like, no one ever says this. They may say things like, it's more than I expect, but no one ever says, I paid X, and now it's $5 more than X. This is ridiculous. Yeah, no. And so we raised our prices, and guess what? That, that made a big dent towards it, and we didn't have to work any harder. And we had every weekend off. Imagine right. that. In fact, right. we talked about inflation. If you're not raising, and I'm not saying everyone has to raise their prices, I'm just saying. Yes, yes, you are saying that because that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, then Allison, yes. as the PPA president, I don't know that I'm going to say that exactly. Okay, well, as but as okay. Jeff Duchowski, my friend, we're saying that, All not as PPA president. Are raising around you by 10 or more percent, you have to meet that or you're losing money. Right. You're actually going backwards. Yeah. You know, eggs used to be $3.20 at my grocery store. I noticed they're almost $5 a dozen now. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's a big change. Now, right. uh, print prices shouldn't reflect the cost of eggs. Of course, that has no bearing on it, right? Right. But everyone's expenses have gone up in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And every single person understands it. So of all the years of which you have, should have no fear about raising your prices, it's 2022 because everyone understands that everything has gotten more expensive. Before, they used to be able to compare 
well, gas isn't that high or my insurance, but everything is more money now. Yeah. So if you're 10% is the minimum because that's what inflation's at, or forgive me a 9% or whatever, but it's close enough. You deserve a raise and you, and you, you're good enough to do it. I'm not talking to you, Allison. Yeah. I'm talking to your people listening. Yeah. Like the only place you can get your art is at your studio. Mm-hmm. You're not a commodity. Right. I believe in you. Yeah. I do too. So to answer your initial question, I'm sorry to to interrupt. No, you're fine. How do you go from photographing sports on Saturdays to photographing more families? Well, it is a bit of a hard thing to do, right? Weddings are a bit of a different monster because if they're more expensive, then you're training, you're actively engaging with people who have, generally speaking, more higher dollar number to spend. Maybe you introduce yourself to them and offer your, your family portrait services to all your sports clients. Maybe you're making a ton of money on a Saturday and maybe it's two different brands. Maybe mm-hmm. you're actually having a sports photography brand that you do in the fall or whatever on Saturdays and you use the information gathered from them to create a family portrait brand. Yeah. And when people say, I don't understand, I thought I was going to get a package of eight prints for $12. You can say, oh, no, no, no. Of course, it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. It's like the your, difference between portrait work and commercial work. Yeah. Or yeah. when I photograph your son with a soccer ball in his hand and I have 11 seconds with him, <laughs> the package started $79. But when I drive to the ocean for you and we're photographing your family portrait and we're hanging it and installing it in your home, it's a very different investment. And your it's son okay. with a soccer ball. It's Sorry. Okay. I, I, that just took me out. It's okay to, <laughs> for 11 I, seconds. Yeah. Well, it's so fast. And if clients self-identify as not your clients, believe them. It's right. Okay. It's fine. It's totally okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I went on a long diatribe. No, that's what this is. Oh, that, this is, me. is there any other kind of podcast for me? No, there's nothing. <laughs> okay. So going back to believing, because there are people that don't have a Carol and don't have an Ivan in their life. And in fact, not only do they not have, maybe their spouse isn't super supportive. Maybe the spouse is kind of like, Hey, you know, it's been three years, like, are you going to ever make any money? Or maybe they're starting new and their family's like, uh, why did you get a college degree if you're just going to go be a photographer? So maybe it's not super supportive. And so then how can you self-generate that belief? Well, first I would say, and you, you've heard me say this, is never take advice from someone who isn't where you want to be, right? And that means mm-hmm. photographers, right? If they're not, if they're not, they don't at least appear to have the business you want, then be careful about looking too closely at their advice. But more importantly, don't ask for it. Family and friends are terrible people to look to for advice about your business. Right. Uh, for lots of reasons. One, many family members change your diaper, right? And they <laughs> don't necessarily have that idea that you're worth what you're charging. Yeah. So if you if you only get advice from them, that's not going to go very far. And many of my, most of my family have jobs. And so every week their paycheck shows up and their health insurance are covered mm-hmm. and their dental and I are all covered. They don't have to do the effort to go drum up the actual business. They just don't have a perspective that's helpful. And, right. I mean, and that helps you believe in you. And so if they're not your, as even with non-clients, people who say, well, I only work with photographers who give the files for $25. And so I that's think- That's great. Crazy. There's there's a thousand of them. Go find yeah. one. And I think you're crazy expensive. Okay. That doesn't mean I need to lower my price to $25. It means you're not my client and I shouldn't take advice from you. I guarantee you Prada does not check in with people who don't buy their product about who think they're too expensive. They don't care. Right. right. They just don't care. 
And that's half the battle is first identifying who you want to listen to within to help your business. I'm not saying you should listen to me because you don't know much about my business. I mean, I know you do, Allison, but other people listening don't know. But I'm uh, we've been in business almost 20 years. We make money every year. And so find someone who you can listen to. Allison's a great example who makes money every year and can tell you that one, this is how I did it. And she actually, what I love about ATJ, that sounds like it's a commercial, but she can tell you how she failed at stuff. This is one of the things I look for in people I look up to. Have you ever failed at anything? And if so, how did you handle it? Yeah. That's all huge. The time. We fail things all the time, right? And we have to have the courage to step back up. And it's it's called the diversity quotient. You're probably familiar with that, right? There's a diversity quotient. There's emotional, an IQ emotional quotient. Yeah. There's one more I'm missing, but there's a diversity quotient. How do people rebound? And yeah. there's four different quotients. So IQ, EQ, DQ, and there's one more. Anyways, I find that stuff. Is it DQ, Dairy Queen? Like th- that is my method of rebound. Every time um, I a flo- a, yeah. peanut butter parfait. That's what Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Again, I'm a little rant. But the thing is, I just don't take advice from people who aren't where I want to be. That's the first thing. Right. Okay. So I'm going to stop you there because, so number one, then to believe that it's possible when you're down or you can't really see your way out of the weeds is to look around and see if somebody is doing something that you want to do and kind of like start sniffing around that and see like, okay, is that really real? Are they just talking? Is it really happening? And then investigating that. And I think this is true of any industry. It's not just photographers. It's any, like if you're an orthodontist, if you're, no matter what you're doing, who is doing what you want to do in the way that you want to do it. And that really, I think that's the beauty of PPA and imaging for me is that I've spent years sitting in those darkened auditoriums and listening to my heroes talk about their businesses and failures and how they overcame them. And I realized, okay, I think I can do that. I see how that's possible. Yeah, that's what I love about that sort of event where the platform at 70 minutes or 90 minutes or whatever is really tricky, as you know, right? We both Mm -hmm. have done this together. And it's difficult because it's like, I want to give you enough information to go do something with it, but it's not a half-day class, which it's just not. So you have to come up with nuggets, right? Right. And so I think that those sort of, that's what that is for me is trying to create those nuggets of information. And it's really gaining confidence. What, I yeah. mean, that's what it is. Like we're gaining confidence when we hear people say, I tried this and it didn't work. And then I tried this and it worked really well. Right. And when I look at imaging and, and, and anything like that, whether it's your state convention or your the big national one, someone, even if it's a shooter who doesn't do what I do, there's information there. There's information and inspiration to come out and do stuff. Even when I go to concerts now, I look at the lighting. That yeah. I, I look at those and I go, oh, that's beautiful. I'd love to illustrate that. And like when I go see Tool, I'm going to be, become a better photographer. I know it sounds the weirdest thing. You yeah, know? no, no, no. Our movies. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah and I think you can find inspiration. Okay, so I was walking on my treadmill the other day and I was listening to one of my favorite books, which is that Atomic Habits. Have you read that? I haven't, but I have it. I haven't read it yet. Though. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I just listen. It's The audio is really good on it. But one of the things that he talks about is that when preparation becomes procrastination, you need to change something. And I see that a lot where 
you know, you have, I would put myself in this category of education junkies, right? I'm definitely an education junkie. I love to read. I love to go to classes. I love to, like, I just love to, my sister calls me an omnivore of information. Like I love to just go out there and collect, but I find that sometimes that in and of itself can be a delaying tactic. Like, oh, I just need to listen to another podcast or another YouTube, whatever tutorial. And then you end up not doing it. So what, what his point was is that he actually used a photography comparison because I, I guess he was as a photographer, but he was talking about a college class and how they had an assignment to make like the best image possible. And so the half the class, he said, just go shoot a ton of stuff. So they just went and shot all the time. And then the others were kind of like sitting around and going, okay what's my concept here? What's my motivation? And they, they were so like hamstrung by like making this perfect image. Well, who made the best images were the ones that were out there just shoot, 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 like shoot, fail, shoot, fail, little bit of a success and then capitalize on that. And so we know that from the photographic world, we know that with our craft that all we're doing is problem solving. I don't care if you have an MFA in photography, you're just problem solving. And just like you were talking about at that wedding, you're out there just trying to figure out what you're even doing and trying to look competent in a suit and not sweating to death, right? But you're just doing it. And you can't philosophize that. You can't say, oh, well, when I'm a parent, I'm gonna do it this way. No, it's like every day you're with that kid just trying to figure it out. But that's how you become masterful in your craft. But also that's how you start to believe in yourself and have the confidence. You can have Carol telling you you're great. I can have Ivan telling me I'm great. But if I don't actually go out and do something and actually put it to the test and fail and maybe succeed, I'm never going to actually create that. So his point was, if you want to master something, we know this with photography, but also with believing in ourselves and business is the key is to start with repetition, not perfection. And so I loved that. That was like, I was walking on the treadmill and I'm like, oh, this is so good. So it's just like, again, and it, like you're just showing up, right? Right. You're showing well, up every day. That reminds me of that, the saying that some of you have heard me say, which is um, an amateur practices till they get it right. And a professional practices till they can't get it wrong. Mm. Right? Like we're, we're Okay, so say that again. An amateur practices till they get it right. Okay. Professional practices till they can't get it wrong. Okay. Like it's so ingrained that the repetition, you know, the the 10,000 hours thing, the whole outliers, the whole um, outliers book is all about repetition and doing things. You, you're familiar with that book, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. Love it. And when you, one book I just finished reading or I'm almost done reading, it's a very short book. You gave it to me. It's called The War of Art. Oh, yeah. I love That's Stephen Pressfield. A tiny book about procrastination. It's really about resistance about resistance and procrastination. Fantastic book. But I think you're exactly right. You've got to just get out and do things. You've got to get out and meet people. And that increases your confidence. And I can't tell you how many people I meet who are just not confident to say their prices out loud or not. They're so afraid. And it stems from rejection, the fear of rejection. Yeah, I, mean, I think, or I think, and not even really this experience of rejection, the yeah. fear that they will experience rejection. And guess what? You will, <laughs> <laughs> you will, you're going to have somebody that's going to go, whoa, but that doesn't mean anything about you. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that they're having a minute. They're taking a minute. And haven't you, haven't we all experienced that going in and looking at something that we really want, that we value, and we have the price quoted to us and we're like, whoa, 
Now that doesn't mean we hate them. We want them to die and we think they suck and how dare they? Because if you feel that way, you never pursue anything. You just go, oh, okay, well, that's nice for you. I'm leaving now, right? Because you have no interest, but it's the ones that stay and kind of complain with you a little bit. Those are the ones that actually want what you have. Yeah, the reason they're bucking you is exactly because they want what you have. Mm-hmm. And they haven't come to terms yet with that. To achieve that means an outlay of cash that I wasn't thinking of spending. Right. I mean, I just had this epiphany really about myself recently that in a personal life that I get in my personal life that I get frustrated when the plan changes. Okay. Like in my life, like we're yeah. I'm making this up. We're going to go to Boston. We're going to stop at this pizza place to get a slice. And then we're going to have a drink at this place or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And if someone says, I don't want to get the pizza place now, I'm like, wait a minute, what just happened? That was my whole plan. <laughs> well, the problem was the maybe plan, you're on the spectrum. That's like my plan kids. might have been just in my head the whole time. Yeah. Your I'm, expectations are not yeah, being I'm met. Totally good with change, but I like I have to approach it differently. And so yeah. that's exactly what's happening, though. Someone's saying, "I want a family portrait, the big one over the mantle," and you tell them it's nine thousand dollars, and they go, "Oh my god, that's ridiculously expensive." And you say, "And you have to give them a minute, right?" We talked about this in yeah. the past. And sometimes they say, "Okay, now I understand why." The first time they've heard a price, of course, they're shocked. But yeah. they are not saying you aren't worth it. They're saying my expectations. Or lower than your prices. Absolutely. That's That's totally okay at first. Right. And how many times have we had that? So like in our life, let's speak photographer, right? So we're at the Apple store. We know that we need a new machine and we're thinking it's going to be about four grand. And then you get down there and you see that new cube. And then there's like the whole OLED monitor and blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, you're like in 12. And so you're like, you're going to be mean to the little sweet Apple girl. And she no didn't make the prizes and you're mad because you really want it. And you're kind of mad at yourself because you thought you should have guessed better. You thought you should have prepared better. You wish you had more money, but you're going to go away and then you're going to think, all right, so Allison, this is going to be so much faster than what you have. It is going to look so sexy on your desktop that when your clients come in, they're going to think you're a great photographer just by looking at that little sexy thing. It's going to make your life great because it's bigger. You can have multiple palettes open. So you start selling all those things to yourself because you know, but if that little girl at the Apple store was like, well, I mean, I guess you're just not our client or runs away like, okay, okay, never mind. I'll figure out how to steal it and sell it to you off the back of the truck or whatever, you know, and then she goes to jail. It's like, no, it's just part of human nature of realizing something that was more than you thought, but they still want it. So if they're still sitting in front of you and discussing it with you and going back and forth, it's not that they necessarily, of course they would love it if you said, okay, just kidding. It's $5. But really that's not the point. The point is they're trying to figure out how can I get this beautiful thing that you do and be able to make it work for me. And maybe we don't do a 40 by 60 over the fireplace. Maybe a 40 inch will work, but maybe it'll look totally stupid. So we just need to put it in another place. And that's how we can help them figure that out. I agree. And I guarantee you that the Apple employees do not have a Facebook group to complain that 10 people (laughs) came in today and nine of them said it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. But photographers, we rant and rave about, we post examples about this girl wrote to me and she, can you believe it? She wanted the files for $50. Isn't that insane? And we get all hung up on a, 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 an inquiry that doesn't make any sense to us. But in reality, the Apple people aren't doing this. And neither is Prada and neither is the, the folks at Louis Vuitton. They're, they're not sitting around complaining about it. They right. just that 
they can't possibly be everything to everyone. And we can't either. Yeah. And we can be everything to someone. And this is what I'm really would love to impart is that you can be the person who creates the image for a family at a really special time. You can be someone who maybe cares more to get the expressions from their challenging child or or maybe someone who serves someone better. You know, maybe they're a better service or installation or you can do this because those are all things that, you know, there's a cost of the time. But in the grand scheme of things, you have the ability to step out and be different. Like you just do. You do, and, and you're good enough. And your photography, like I said, people aren't buying your work because only they're, they're only buying it because someone they love is in it. So let's cut that crap about about you're not good enough. Right. You're good enough. Yep. Now, the only person you need to convince now is you. Right. Okay. So yes. So here we go. Yeah. So the belief, believing you can do it, whether it's making up $80,000 that you are trying to figure out how to switch genres or whatever. I am a big believer in mitigating the downside. So before I throw myself off of a cliff, which I've done many, many times, I like to think that maybe there could be like a cotton ball at the bottom, at least that I could, if I'm going to hit, it's not going to be completely down. So mitigating that downside. And obviously we've heard that concept before, you know, making sure, say, if you're going to go into new retail space, making sure you have like maybe six months of rent in the bank, or, you know, you're mitigating your downside. We, we know about that from a financial standpoint, but I want to talk about mitigating the downside from a mental, emotional standpoint. And I would say number one of that is like, don't marinate in yours or other people's fear. And that is Facebook groups where they're doing that, where they're posting. Can you believe it? It's like you are giving oxygen to somebody that has no idea that just was like, hey, will you do this? The last girl shot me and my family for three hours for 50 bucks. Like, can you do that? It's not like saying you suck. I will pour it over every image on your website. I looked at the IPC and your scores weren't that great. So I think you're only worth $5. Like, I mean, that's not what's happening. They're right. just asking a question and all you have to do is just say, what well, we specialize in finished product for our clients' homes and it starts at this. We would love to see you, period, end of story. Do not need to go to Facebook and start marinating in fear. Right, because all it does, it, it puts you in a bad way really fast. It puts you in a negative energy space and that actually can start impacting other things along the way, like your personal life. And, and it starts making your, making this up, but like your sister-in-law's comments about that you're too yeah. impressed now starts resonating that that has legs. That's probably true. This mm-hmm. one client told me I was too expensive this week and she might be right. Maybe I'm too expensive. Maybe the answer is to lower my prices. Right. And I'm going to tell you, there's not one example that lowering your prices is the correct answer. I can't think of a single question. And here, try it. Ask me a question about anything, about lowering my prices. And okay, just ask me a question. We're going to flip the role play. Ask me any question you want about anything. Okay, so... How much is your 40 by 60? The answer is not to lower your prices. (laughs) It's never the right answer to lower your prices. (laughs) You could have asked me about who the the fastest North American land animal was, and I would say it's not. (laughs) Lowering your prices. It's never the right answer, ever. That is not the right answer. Well, because, but it's interesting to me because you do see that fear, and that seems to be the knee jerk, and it's like, well, okay, if that was off the table, so we can tell people all we want. We can sit there and say, don't lower your prices. But if you're in a situation where you have a conversation with somebody like that, or your sister-in-law's stuff is resonating in your head, or you've spent 
time in the Facebook swamp marinating in the naysayers. Maybe you're not feeling super believable about yourself. So how do you keep that from permeating your brain? Like, how do you stay positive? I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm not happy to admit this, but I am willing to admit that it does affect me. I was thinking this morning about, as that is, uh, a client who called to get prices and she didn't book. Okay. She was someone I went to high school with. Like that should be someone that I book, right? Like there should be a connection there. Right. But, and it still bugs me a little bit. Right. But I, I book most people. I, but I don't know. I mean, she might have been a very low budget kind. I don't know. She didn't book us. Okay. Right. Still bugs me because yeah. of course we want to be loved and we want to be right. honored by photographing these situations. But again, I don't know what her real budget was. I don't know what her aversion was. If I don't have the answers, here's the sickness that runs in my head. If I don't know the answers, I just make something up. You're right. No, totally. Is I make something up and it's always the absolute worst possible idea. It's yeah. never like base and reason. It's they didn't book me because I didn't lose seven pounds and I look heavier. <laughs> right. And, but I mean, like, it's always stuff like that. Or like they noticed that I, I ordered fast food once. We make up anything we can that's all inward. And we got to cut that out because... People, you don't know why people do or don't book you. Right. And I'm telling you, you don't know. I'm not saying you don't think. Maybe someone might tell you something, but we're not Apple or Ford. We don't have the money to find out why people don't book us. We don't, right. we don't have the income to know anything really about our clients. Yep. So all we can do is just say, I provide a good piece of work. And to my, I'm sorry, I know I'm going scattered here for a minute. Even to the point of that client who called, it bugs me. But that irritating speck of doubt that comes from absolutely nowhere that I need to just say, no, 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 no. I've got 48 other seniors who love their work right. a lot more. Or I've got two or one. And I look back at historically, I realize that some people don't have a big historical record. You and I have been in business for a long time. So right around June, I get worried. Okay, yeah. it's not very busy. What's going on? Yeah. Has the market turned on me? Yeah, no never going to work me. again. Never I'm going to be living in a van down by the river. That I've gained six pounds. And yeah. I had to move a belt. It all comes back to weight. Yeah, it all comes back to what I've been eating, right? But so here's the thing is that then all of a sudden July, and I have to remember, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Mathematically speaking, I'm never busy this time of year. Right. Is it because I raised my prices? And this is a thing I see all the time. I raise my prices. Okay, all right. So no one's booking me because I raise my prices. And then I ask someone I'm working with, I say, how do they know you raise your prices? Well, they don't know, but it's the reason me. Yeah. So in your head, you raise your prices and no one knows. Yeah, never mind that it's February and you're in Nome, Alaska. Like uh, it, that it, couldn't well, have anything to do with it. Yeah, yeah. All of that, like that's the sort of thing that it just takes, you have to step back and say on a rational mind, how can this possibly affect my sales no one knows about it yet. Yeah. If you're going to make changes in your price list, today is the day to do it. Right now, today. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to change the whole thing. You know that. It's a crazy thing. They make these things called printers, right? And if you make a change for two or three things, and that's what you have the courage to change today because you have a product or a product line that's poorly represented in your mortgage statement, <laughs> if you know what I mean, yeah. it doesn't help you. And you raise those prices. And four weeks later, you make a decision to change another couple of prices. You can. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you change your prices every week. No one's going to know. And if, if you need that sort of 
courage to make a little change and have yeah. someone not respond. Baby step up. Another change three weeks later and not respond, then do it. You don't have to flip the whole chart and triple your prices tomorrow. You could do things piece by piece. Is that you're moving forward and you deserve it. Yep. Okay. So I love that. I think that's so, so good. What I find that's helpful for me in my creative brain that gets too sensitive and makes up stories about things is that I like to play tricks on myself to help me be more successful. So for example, on this price thing, we'll just use this as an example, because that's kind of what we're talking about, but is when I have the students that are saying, okay, I raised my prices and now I'm not busy. And so I feel like I need to go back down. Or somebody said, wow, that seemed expensive. And I just feel like I have to go back down. Like I just can't do it. And it's really just because they're scared. So I have felt that same exact way. I've had that same feeling. But what I did is I said, okay, that could be true. What I'm afraid of is possible. But let me just write that on a post-it note and set it over here because I can still grab that fear and get it back. But let's just say it's not possible. Somebody is holding a gun to my head and I cannot lower my prices. Like that is not on the table. What else could be going on? Like how else could I solve this problem? Like I'm not getting calls or whatever. And that I feel like makes me more creative because it takes that big, huge fear off the table. And then I look and see actually the things I were afraid of weren't actually true. Mm-hmm. So whatever your big fear is, like I can never stop shooting weddings or I can never stop doing volume or I can never make like X change, whatever it is, the change you want to make in your business. If you had to do it, if you just like made a false scenario and said, I have to do this, could I? Right. I kind of play this game in my head called, is it more likely? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so it's a board game for Milton Bradley available for photographers <laughs> <laughs> age 18 to 65. Is it more right. likely? You know? Right. Like then you could imagine the cards would say like people aren't calling and the thing would be like, is it likely that the price changes I made this afternoon at one forty five that fall? Somehow secretly leaked out of my computer yeah, and went to all of my clients. Yeah. Into my past self, which then spread the word. Or is it more likely that all of my clients are calling behind my back, all of my other clients, somehow they know that. Yeah. And then said collectively, guys, we can't go here anymore. We're boycotting Jeff. Is eight by tens went up by four dollars. Yeah. Right. Like, is it more likely that that's what happened? Or is it more likely that it's rained the last four weeks and people have their spirits are down and they're not thinking about booking? Is it more likely that they're on college tours, which is why they're not calling for their senior? Like school just got back in the first two weeks of school getting back back in. Moms are busy. Yeah. Is it more likely that that's what's happening? And yeah, it actually is more likely that that's what's happening. And so it's a little game I play in my head. Is it more likely? By the way, that game will be available by Christmas, right? Okay. I'm going to be the first one to order it. Well, (laughs) and that's like the medical profession, right? The, if you hear hoofbeats, it's more likely horses than zebras, but we kind of want to make it zebras. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we as a culture of photography group, like I said, we kind of secretly want it to be the worst case scenario, right? Like we just do. And it's, it's not likely that it is. And I'm telling you right off the bat for someone who's been in business for 20 years, I'm susceptible to this too. And it takes, I have to dig down sometimes and go, okay, is it more likely that whatever? And it's ever more likely that your fear is right. It's always more likely that there's something else at play. Right. And I think we also, as creatives, we tend to be just the teensiest but self-involved, maybe. And so because of that, everything's personal, right? And so it's like I tell my kids when I was raising my kids, especially like 
14 to 16 year olds, you know, they're so self-conscious. And it's like, I don't know how many times I've had the conversation with my kids. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about whatever's happening out there really is never, almost never about you. Nobody cares about you. I mean, I care, like I love you. But when a friend is kind of being bratty or mean girl or mean boy, whatever, and this, you could say this with clients too, somebody that's saying, like, I just can't really book right now, or they just fall off the earth. Like they just quit responding to your texts. Well, it's more likely that their kid got their phone and went through their texts so that they don't even know that they have notifications anymore because their kid ruined their phone, than that they hate you and that they don't want to book with you. And they actually appreciate it when you follow up with them. Thank you for saying that. Multiple times. That's exactly, exactly right. It's not more likely that they hate you. There's about 8 million more likely reasons that they're not following up with you. Right. And you following up with them. Okay. How many times have you called up someone who was a good lead and they fell off and you just circled back around and you just kept on them? And what was a lead in 2016 became an actual session in 2019. Like sometimes it's that far. All the time. Right. But I've learned, and I hope that your listeners can learn from my mistakes, is to say, okay, they told me they wanted a portrait. They told me they wanted me to do it. I owe it to them to not talk to them daily, but I I have it. I call it a nag list of people that I reach out to periodically. And if they say things like, we're not interested in portraits anymore, they just come off the list. It's no problem. But if they say, this is not a good time, my son's at West Point, I mean, a million blanks, then I will just say to them, great. You don't mind if I reach out again next year. You, oh, of course, maybe we'll be in a better position next year. But if I let my head wrap around my own lack of self-confidence, they didn't book me because I'm a dummy. Yeah. Right? Like, not the case at all. Yeah. And and you either think you either go to self-flagellation, like, because I'm not good enough, or you make up a story about like what a jerk they are, that they're wasting your time, that they told you they wanted it. And now they're not responding to you and you're having to follow up. And so what fear can do is fear actually can make us scary. It can actually make the story that we're making up in our head become true. So for example, if you come off to somebody, like, let's just say that we've been texting back and forth with your example of your client. Oh, you know, he's at West Point. We can't do it this year or whatever, you know, call me next year or whatever. And then you send them, you spin in this whole idea of like, they're just jerking me around. And then you send them a text that says, I have been trying to get with you for three years. And so you clearly don't value my services. And so I am taking you off my list. It's like, okay, someone else. They'll just find someone. I'm going to go find a non-crazy photographer who obviously isn't so self-involved that they think everything is about them. Right. Well, and and as we could make up scenarios like all the time, but this is the sort of thing that happens all the time, whether it's West Point or someone gets sick or someone has COVID or a family member has cancer or fill in the blank, right? Life is busy, hard. Yeah, family life is messy, as my pastor always would say, right? Mm -hmm. Like if things always seem like it should be easy for you as a parent, well, can't you make your kids just get dressed up and do the portrait? But in reality, it's not that easy. I mean, can you make your kids do anything? No. So why do you no. think that you can make their I think just coming back around, just bringing this back around from where we started. We've been on a long meandering road. But I feel like when we feel fear, we need to make change. We know we need to. And we feel fear. We can mitigate the downside by saying, okay, if I took that fear and put it off over here to the side then could there be another way to interpret this, to solve this? That makes us more creative. And then also 
to think, well, how could I? Rather than this won't work, it's not going to work for me. It didn't work for so-and-so and look for the negative and pull ourselves and others down. But how could it? Like if I was going to do it, how would I do it the ATJ way? How would you do it the Jeff way? And that's what I think is beautiful is I think the friends that we have in this industry, the people that we know that are working at a really high level is our people that have been through all these same things, have had all these same fears and just keep moving forward, believing that, you know what, I can figure this out because other people have. Right. Well, and they ask themselves, not directly, but in their actions, they say, why not me? Right. Why can ATJ be successful, but why can't I? Like, why not me? I mean, exactly. and I know we've got to wrap this up because you've got to go, but you and I may have had this conversation, so forgive me if we haven't. But like, I love your style of photography, okay? And there was a time a couple of years ago that I really looked at offering that as a product line, not so much environmental, but this look, okay? Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, well, how would I make that work for me? Exactly what you're saying, right? And in it, I followed through the point by saying, I need to cut a hole in the stairs because I want to get low and I need a much larger space than I actually own. Like mm-hmm. I own my own building, but I don't have the physical room to make the portraits I would want to make in that contemporary style. Right. So mm-hmm. I didn't say I could never duplicate what ATJ does. Obviously I wouldn't, it would still have a spin like of mine, but I said, okay, so if I wanted to do that, what would I need to do? Mm-hmm. Right? And so like, I actually thought we, we just decided we didn't want to buy another building. So yeah. we didn't have that product line, but and I would encourage any of your listeners to do the same thing. I really want to make fill in the blank beach portraits. Well, if you're making beach portraits and you're a North Dakota studio, that's going to be a struggle mm-hmm. right? because you're going to be flying to one of the beaches all of your career. That's going to be very difficult, but maybe you like to look at beach portraits. So you need to find a reservoir with tall grasses and make that work and like yeah. figure out ways to do what you want to do. Or I want to sell only large wall portraits. Well, the answer that most people say in the industry is we'll find people with money. Well, that's only a tiny bit of the equation. It's how do I find people who love their family? Like that right, and have houses that can accommodate that. Exactly. So there's, yeah. there's, there's ways you can deconstruct this and figure out what you want to do. Maybe it's you want to have a volume empire. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Right. And in the end, there's nothing preventing you from doing that. Like right. You can do this. And I've quoted this a million times as from Steve Chandler quote about that. So often it's not the how to, it's the want to. The how to is out there. It's just, do we really want to? And I find that a lot of times that when we spin in fear and naysaying is because we actually really don't want to. And so we want to just make an excuse about why, oh, it's the economy. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. But really at the bottom of it is like, we just really don't want to do it. And so maybe just even admitting that and going, okay, I don't want to do it. So what do I want to do and how can I do it? Because there's so many examples of really great ways to do business. People that are out there, people that you and I have never heard of that are out there supporting their families with portrait photography that have never been on a stage at PPA that are just out there doing it. And so it is possible. It's possible for us. It's possible for all of our listeners and I would love for you to send us off with a word of encouragement from the Professional Photographers of America president. Oh, well, thank you. Let me get Well, obviously, a lot of our conversation is about that I believe in you, right? And I don't actually know who's listening besides Cindy. So I don't, I don't actually know who is out there. So the thing is that I'll say, going back to the idea of like, if not you, then who? And if the answer is anyone else, then why not you? 
Like, why can't it be you? Why can't you decide? Why can't you become the author of your own business and decide what you want to write about? You know, what's your story going to be about? Is it going to be about volume? Cool. Absolutely cool. Is it going to be about high-end children's portraiture, painted portraiture? Cool. You can make it work, but it may mean that you've got to move. You might not be able to make that work in uh, Minot, North Dakota, right? You might need to move to a town that loves large painted portraits, like somewhere in the South, right? And that's cool, but you got to be willing to do it or change your mind about what you want to do and find a way to to make a living at it. There's plenty of work out there. I'm telling you, there's plenty of work. And and North Dakota or anywhere. Absolutely. You You just put your head there and look for it. Yeah, bloom where you're planted, right? Yeah, I love it. I appreciate you so much more than you know, friend. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I hope, uh, and I want to say, I think it's wonderful that anyone here listening, who doesn't want to just listen to ATJ talk for like about an hour all the time? No. All the time. No, you're the best. Give Carol my love. I truly will give Ivan a big hug for me. Okay, we'll see you soon. See ya. I hope you know how much I appreciate your time and your attention. And if you feel that something you learned today could benefit another fellow portrait photographer, please share this episode with them. We want to help as many portrait photographers as possible to build sustainable, enjoyable, profitable businesses that can help sustain their families and their dreams. And that's what it's all about. So please share if something was valuable and you feel like that it could help somebody else. And if you get a minute, please give us a review at iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. It makes a huge difference in other photographers being able to find us and get the information that can help them build better businesses. You're awesome. And I appreciate you. Have a great day. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.com. 